Live and learn. Live and learn. Season six. It's all around uh, living and learning together and uh, getting inspired. Whenever you think it is appropriate for you to see the depths of growth mindset, the depths of live and learn philosophy, just join and enjoy. So welcome to our season six, live and learn with us. Live and learn. We started a great talk in one of our previous episodes when we were discussing these new trends towards a shorter but a more efficient working week. We just mentioned being human as a benefit for work and productivity as well as a novel trend towards human-centered work. Could we get deeper into the topic? These are specifically the uh, things that uh, the AI, computer and robots cannot do yet. Like all this talk about uh, the fears of AI taking our jobs, of uh, robots taking our jobs. Okay, thank goodness. If robots can work on an assembly line. Thank you. Then <laughs> thank you so much. It's another, like the analogy with the industrial age and uh, post-industrial age. Exactly so. Well, if robots work on uh, assembly lines and companies get... Uh, increased profits out of it. Super, you don't uh, lead to human workers burnout. Humans can finally do something where they can benefit from being humans. As soon as we realize that, we're better off. Being human, yeah, is different from just fulfilling the tasks, yeah, and using our skills that are particularly human skills. Yeah. Until the moment when the uh, all this AI, which we refer to artificial intelligence now, which is like in the end assisting, is uh, a good thing that it takes the, the stuff that could be, you know, managed in a better way, in a more efficient way, so, so that we can focus on something that we're good at. About uh, online scheduling that we no longer waste our energy on. Instead, just seeing, okay, so these are my book lessons. I'm going to teach them. I'm not going to schedule them. It's all done thanks to these online scheduling platforms perfectly. And I'm okay with that. If this is the part of work that can be done for me by some AI-based uh, device. Thank you so much. I'll benefit from it and have some extra time to sleep, to have lunch, to go out, to do sport, yeah, to get yeah, ready yeah. for my lesson and do my lesson at uh, the top of my teaching capacity and not being tired of just planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rescheduling mm. twice, three times and so on. Yeah, what I was trying to say, the, the skills that the, the AI robots cannot do yet and something that we as humans are supposed to be much better is the way we, we hold the connection, the, the way we hold the uh, empathetic uh, skills, feeling the other people, connecting to the other people, relating to what they do and reacting uh, accordingly. So this is where the collaboration works together when the synergy of what me and you uh, as uh, actors are performing is much more than two. When one plus one is bigger than two so then the synergy is happening this is something that the robots cannot do yet 
and uh, therefore trying to, uh, I don't know, brainstorm the opportunities, think out of the box, do bringing the creative, creative solutions to engineering process, to, uh, I don't know, architectural process, architecture of the process, you know, how, how we can do this together. Uh, this, this is all is becoming the center of what the workplace is going to be. It's no longer a nine-to-five and you are just, you know, writing 15 reports and printing them and then uh, scanning them and then uh, uploading them or, I don't know, uh, putting the pages manually. How much time have our, I don't know, parents, grandparents wasted actually for all those repetitive and non-creativity based stuff? So it is. It, fax machines starting. Fax machines, yeah. Yeah, we are talking about the human-centric things when suddenly to be a manager is not only to create the tasks and to get the results so it's not operating the functions right so it's much more about learning together with the team creating a team which is aligned connected which works together which knows what to expect one from another learning together learning from others bringing in perspectives i don't know sharing connecting becoming better listener becoming better perceiver being able to connect much quicker so this is something that is um at the cutting edge uh, focus for the uh, people and culture specialists at the moment. And I feel so much reassuredness because of it. Because, you know, in, in the employability class, for example, it's my job to, to give students the frightening statistics of the employability rise of the megatrends and how the gap scale is seen already and what we can do uh, together to make sure we equip the students and they equip themselves, they take the commitment, the responsibility to equip themselves already with better collaboration, better creation, co-creation, building up connectivity, sensibility, uh, ways of making people first together already from, from, from semester one, from year one of their studies, so that they see how, how this tremendous shift in the mindset of the global population is start. But then also be ready to the change of any shift that uh, now we have this. And uh, of course, it's all changing very, very fast. And mm -hmm. there is new input, there will be new output, there will be new challenges. So also being ready as humans to be resilient and to react to this change, to adapt to changes, but not only to create, to recreate something and uh, be ready to work with this 
together to collaborate in order to meet new challenges and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because when we learn something or we teach students to do something based on what the situation now is, then we shouldn't forget to say, and remember, <laughs> not a bene, everything is changing. Yeah. And then be ready to change, be ready to to be resilient and so on. Yeah, this is a specific focus in two disciplines of mine. One is employability, obviously, and uh, another is transformation in the global environment where we specifically talk about how this transformation is happening in different uh, business spheres, including organizational change, including human uh, uh, resource practices and so on. The last class that we formulated, there was an article on Harvard Business Review or Harvard Business Manager, I think, special edition. So they were telling what would be the HR professions in 2020, 2025 and 2030. So their projection, how the titles or other roles Uh, would be named uh, depending on low uh, level of data skills, data analysis skills, or digital skills maybe, and high. There were such amazing uh, names or titles of those special roles, just like, for example, chief well-being officer, gene diversity I don't know, lead or something like this. So there were amazing things like a human uh, machine relationship builder. This last one (laughs) is something I find funny, but the previous two are just a reflection of our lack of putting the human first. Why should it be gene diversity something? It should be just, well, everyone is different. Let's once and forever accept this fact. Everyone is different. Can we just remember this when we talk to other people? And it's not new. Inventing new job titles. Yeah, it is interesting as a trend again. But what this trend uh, shows in particular is uh, our lack to to see the human first and then organize the job uh, relationships or job uh, environment around. That's why it is environment, because it's around. Let's talk about (laughs) words. Like it should be around. Who's in the center. Who's in the center. Like simple, but let's think about it. Let's be aware of it. And at the same time, when you're talking about uh, sustainable development goals, they're trying to put human not in the center, but among uh, other participants so that it's not ego-centered, but eco-centered. So there are, I would say, two trends here. Mm -hmm. But what specifically I was trying to formulate is uh, that this change from business-centered leadership to human-centered leadership is very well described in, uh, as I said, Burson's human-centered leadership Big Reset Playbook. And they uh, wrote uh, how the mindsets and attitudes are changing and towards what what do we need to focus on to be tolerant to, to what do we need to understand, then how the skills and capacities should change over the human-centered leadership. So that is an accepted, widely accepted, globally accepted 
process, right? And what kind of behaviors and actions should change there. So let me refer you to this um, big reset playbook, uh, lovely reading. I love analyzing this with my students. I think that if uh, this prediction invitation to something that is already well thought over, something that has already been practicing in the uh, companies around the world who want to adopt another level of their organizational design when they move towards more collaboration, more communication, more hearing each other, more thinking of how we can add value together to some higher good rather than production of stuff or manufacturing stuff. That is already uh, another thing on, uh, on the scale of uh, reinventing organization by Frederick Laloux. And if somebody refers to this as steel organization or a green organization, so that's completely different value set that is put at the core of the business. And as there are so many things that we adopt from businesses, for example, just like agile practices we adopt from IT companies, right? Because it was first created to reorganize project-based teams so that they work together in a more efficient way, right? And now we are adopting agile approaches, methods, methodology to much wider scope or range of work, right? So now the banks are working like this. So there is a huge line of the training. So everything should be agile. Everybody's having this buzzword. But agile is one of the part of trying to be more flexible, trying to be more adaptable, trying to hear the feedback. The, the main idea there is the feedback loop that you receive what's working, what's working better, and how we can make what's working better in the focus. So I think we're heading to somewhere a little bit more beautiful than we come from. Especially if we remember that uh, production, growing crops, producing things is no longer the issue. It can be achieved easily in uh, those amounts that uh, we as humanity need. What we cannot do yet is uh, really organize, reorganize, distribute fairly, and so on. This is the problem. The fact that there is still famine in some parts of the world is not the problem of growing crops. So global problems and uh, human-centered ways of solving them. What are the mega trends for the last 10 years? If you look back, uh, World Economic Forum again has the statistics very nicely. The agricultural problems as a mega trend were the last time seen globally in 2012-2013. Then the global effort has dealt with this problem. There is always a way to improve, but it's not any longer a heating megatrend that is impacting the, the global society. So now it is, of course, the, the social and economic way of distributing things and trying to make sure that we can support those who are in need and uh, bring the innovation even to a higher level. What's now the biggest uh, thing is the uh, climate uh, eruptions, this uh, health 
problems, aging population, or rather demographic change, and um, something that impacts us from outside. So the, the more we have such huge challenges on a global way, the, the more there will be the need for global unity and community to be able to make sure that it's not a one-on-one problem. Yeah, so trying to put the people's needs, people's uh, aspirations and uh, effort and uh, talent and values in the center of uh, this equation can have a, a potential of making this world even a more beautiful place. Cheers to human-centered everything, human-centered work, human-centered education, human-centered life. The more human skills, person skills are present, the uh, better we can uh, make this uh, place, planet, life uh, make. And uh, let's hope we are doing at least something, uh, starting these conversations. Any event or any interesting thing that appears that provokes a conversation, that um, inspires the discussion, is one of the valuable things that in the end form the, um, yeah, the global talk about important issues, about global problems, about everyday uh, needs and uh, troubles that need solutions and so on. And uh, yeah, putting a person in the center of, uh, don't want to say in the center of the problem, because there is also another start of uh, another conversation. A human is in the center of the problem, starting this problem and then developing it. And uh, if we can become part of a solution, if we can put ourselves in the center of a solution and not only in the center of the problems, that's... uh, something good we could uh, be trying to do. The more we try to understand ourselves, the more we are learning about ourselves, the more we are living our own lives with our own perspectives and with our own curiosities, the more we are fulfilling the live and learn philosophy. Stay with us. Live and learn. Live and learn. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you share Live and Learn philosophy, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the major social media, comment and spread the word about this podcast so that more people could get their weekly portion of growth mindset content. Live and learn!